Hey everyone, I'm Pastor Nick Tarter. I want to thank you for listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Bethany, Oklahoma, learning what it looks like to be in Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did, so that our world can be saturated with the good news and the good works of Jesus. We invite you to join us on this journey, and we hope that this content will help you to grow to be the person God created you to be. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Thank you. Uh, And again, thank you, Kendra. Um, This morning, we are in what is called the octave of Pentecost, today being the eighth day, and so we're still having the color red displayed. I'm actually wearing red, and um, we are still amazed that God would send his spirit into human flesh that God would come as the Word made flesh to give His life so that we could be not only forgiven of our sin, but be filled with the very nature and fullness of God through Jesus Christ. What, a, what an amazing time, and that's why it's called a feast. It's a feast, even though we're not eating right now, but it's a celebration. Shavuot is the Jewish word for Pentecost. We talked about it last week. And today, it is my prayer, and as Pastor Nick just prayed, that we will desire to receive more of the Holy Spirit of God at work in our life. And he also desires this. Pentecost is a celebration. Pentecost is a celebration of the beginning of the summer harvest. And we are part of the summer harvest. And every Pentecost we are reminded that we ourselves are consecrating ourselves unto God as first fruits of this, the rest of this harvest. So we pray, we worship, we ask for the Holy Spirit because Jesus promised. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? And so we are asking for more of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, in the musical and movie uh, story, Charles Dickens, um, the little boy who came, I'm sorry? Oliver Twist, and he came in the orphanage, and he didn't know the protocol was, you don't ask for more. And he, he came up with the bowl, and he said, please, sir, can I have some more? And, of course, they um, mistreated him and abused him. Well, the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to give us more of himself. God wants us to. So, so go ahead, you know, hold out your hands and say, please, Father, I want some more, and you will please him, and he will, please, he will be pleased to give you more of himself. And listen, and would you take out your bulletin, and everybody, if you didn't get one, please raise your hand, and um, JT will bring you one. I'm sorry we don't have this for you online. Thank you for joining us online. And again, um, I'm going to read through these with you out of the bulletin. These are 22 statements each week in the last several weeks I've added to the number that we've had here. And if this would help to whet our appetite, to ask for more, we can look at this and we can say, oh, well, I need need that or I need more of this. Um, So 
for man to be fully alive, for a human being to be fully alive, to express through their life the glory of God, brings glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I got up to number 11, increased anointing in tasks and ministry. The grace gift of prophecy for comfort and edification. The grace of discerning the spirits of good and evil. The grace to heal, to work miracles, to speak faith and words of knowledge and wisdom. And I've listed a scripture after each of these. Pray in the spirit, to pray in tongues, to pray in a language that I don't understand for self-edification. To speak a message to unbelievers in their language to confirm the gospel with power and miracles, to put on the full armor of God because we wrestle against spiritual forces of evil. You know, a friend of ours used to say, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. When we are, we are, when we are engaging spiritual warfare in prayer, we need all the weaponry. Paul wrote... The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations, and bringing every thought captive to Jesus Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to stand against the enemy, to stand against the lies, the deceptions, and the attacks of evil. Now, where am I? Number 20, and to pray for others. The sword of the Spirit. Again, this is not just printed words on a page. When God speaks and stirs in your heart, share this scripture with a brother. Share this word with a sister. Remind somebody of this. Speak this into their heart. It becomes not just a word to fall on the floor, to fall on the ground. Like it said in the Old Testament, they did not allow Samuel's words to fall on the ground, but they grabbed hold of them. They let them find entrance into their heart. When you speak what the Greek word arema is to someone, you are speaking a now word, a proceeding word. The sword of the Spirit goes into their heart, cutting away what the devil would try to hinder and bringing light and bringing truth, bringing peace, bringing direction. The rhema is the word of God. In Matthew 5, where Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That proceeding word, that now word, that word word is rhema. And in Ephesians 6, it's the word rhema. In Hebrews 4, the word that discerns between soul and spirit is the word rhema. But if we don't, if we're not acquainted with the Holy Spirit, if we're not yielded to and open to or filled with the Holy Spirit, how will we know to give a rhema? How will we know that God is stirring in us a word to give someone that will be like a sword of the Spirit to help set them free, to help bring deliverance, freedom, revelation, and knowledge. And again, this is not just for some people. This is for us by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Number 21, Jesus said, you, God will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak if you are pulled before governors or authorities and you have the opportunity to testify when you might be persecuted. The Holy Spirit will give you the word. And number 22, of course, to be Christ's witnesses, to make disciples. And many more in the scripture. And 
later, at the end of my message, we're, I'm going to have uh, nine people stand up and, and read a list, kind of uh, a short paragraph, and, and give us a chance to respond, saying, yeah, I believe, I want to respond. And by the way, the phrase, I believe in the Holy Spirit, came from a story that I heard of, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, great preacher, and um, as he got older in life, and in the tabernacle where he would preach, he would ascend the steps, and, it, it, and he wasn't spry, he didn't just jump up and, and, uh, and run up those steps, but he would go, go up slowly, and as he went up to preach, he would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The acknowledgement that we are empty inside. Mother Teresa said, he can only fill the empty. If I acknowledge my emptiness, then I make room for him who fills all with the fullness of God, we read in Ephesians and Colossians. So let's open our minds and our hearts to believe, to desire, and to receive. Above all, we want to grow in the love of God which is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in the likeness of Christ and the unity of the body and the union with God so that the world may believe and that the world will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit releasing through us words, prayers, the fruit of the Holy Spirit Miracles, dynamic living, supernatural living in a natural way, not something put on or pretended, not trying to get people, not trying to manipulate, not trying to fix people, simply being moved by the love and the power of God. Can you say amen? amen. Does that sound like good stuff? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. You know... Um, I mentioned this uh, once before, those commercials, um, and I forget if it's Progressive or somebody, some insurance company, and you have these people talking with a, an attorney, ta a, a surgeon, and I forget who, who the other examples are, but anyway, and you can tell, these people don't know what they're talking about, and, uh, or, or you can't trust them, and, and, and the byline is something like, when okay is not enough, you know, come to us. Well, okay is not enough. Okay is not enough when it comes to the atmosphere in which we live, the world and the times, the generation. People need the love of God. People need the spirit of reconciliation and peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, was praying, playing a disc golf yesterday got the chance to talk with a young man, asked him a little bit about his background, and he explained why he doesn't go to church anymore, um, still trying to be a good person and so forth. And, and I said, well, the kingdom of God is about relationships, relationship with God, relationship with people. And I, there are so many who need to know that if they've experienced injustice, disrespect, dismissal, abuse, especially from within the church. We ask forgiveness and we appeal that you would see Jesus 
in the church, as has already been prayed. Pastor Nick prayed earlier. So when okay isn't enough, we need the Holy Spirit so for people to see Jesus in us. Nick, does it make any difference if I put the lowest octane in a high-performance engine? It does make a difference. What happens if I continually put the lowest octane because I'm cheap or... <laughs> or ignorant, you know, and, and, and I've got this high-performance engine, but I don't give it what it needs. What happens to the engine? It will the, uh, it'll, um, throw a rod, ruin the engine block. So, so we need the highest octane available. Do you have the highest octane available in your tank? Have you been putting some of that cheap E10 in there? <laughs> Trying to save a few pennies. We want the best. Don't we want the best? Don't you want the best? Listen, in God's eyes, you are his treasured sons and daughters whom he calls, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, to be partakers of divine nature. How do you partake of divine nature? By receiving him, more of him, fresh new ways, the Holy Spirit to come. We want more of God because he wants more of us. He loves you that much. He doesn't want to keep you at an arm's distance. He wants to enfold you and you be experiencing the witness of the Holy Spirit in you that says, you are my son, you are my daughter. I love you. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, Father. Does God give his best to you? How do we know God gives his best to you? Thank you, Dennis. I got one amen. I know many of you are watching at home or listening. You're saying amen. I know you are. Does God give his very best? How do we know that he gives his very best? Thank you. John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Listen, if he, the scripture says, he who gave his son for us, will he not also give us every good thing? James chapter 1 the Father of lights, from whom every good and perfect gift descends. All things are for your sake, Paul wrote. How does that, is that even possible? All things are for our sake. He gave Jesus out of his love for you, and he wants to pour out his Holy Spirit and fill you with his love to overflowing. Oh, Father, thank you for your gifts. Everything we receive from God is by his grace, by his love. Again, the grace of God gives you power and might to do things that you cannot possibly do otherwise. There are people in this room who've prayed for sick people and seen them get well. There are people in this room who've prayed for dying people and seen them raise back up into life. There are people who have prayed with others who were who, who needed Jesus Christ before they died and they received and made a prayer to, to receive Jesus' forgiveness. What are the greatest miracles that can happen that we know God and the Son whom He sent, believing in Jesus 
and that we would be born from above and then be filled with the Holy Spirit. So great and mighty things. Power to overcome sin patterns. The spirit of sanctification, the Holy Spirit is called. Power to forgive and believe. Many times people feel like I, I can't forgive because I can't forget because I can't stop feeling the hurt. But God, by his power in the Holy Spirit, will help you to choose to forgive, to release, to let go, because you will know that you have been forgiven yourself. The power to activate spiritual gifts. Well, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. Why is that for somebody else and not for you? Why is the gift of healing, discerning of spirits, giving a prophetic word of comfort, speaking a message in tongues, interpreting a message in tongues, a word of wisdom like Jesus spoke, a word of knowledge to know something about a, a person or a situation that would be helpful in order to pray or be involved in them. Why would God not want you to manifest and demonstrate those spiritual gifts in your life? The word is grace, charis, charismata. It is a manifestation of his grace. It's not a manifestation of only certain ability for certain people. It is God in you, God through you, God for you. Because as we sang this morning, all things are from you. All things are for you and unto you. All things are by you. It is God. So if we can rely less upon ourselves and more upon God, and allow him to stir faith in us to believe and receive. We'll have the power to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. The power to be as Peter and the apostles down through the ages. As, as, as the power to face martyrdom. The power to face abuse. The power to face even misunderstanding. The power to walk in the face when everything else is all the winds of adversity are blowing against us. Here I stand. Here I'll make my testimony for Jesus. I've been reading this week the, the stories of children, martyrs, who chose the name of Jesus, who would not deny him in the face of torture, abuse, and murder through history. Lord God, the power to witness to others and be fruitful in our lives all comes from receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and continuing to live and walk in and depend upon the Holy Spirit. This is God. To treat the Holy Spirit, to relate to the Holy Spirit as God. Amen. Let me just review a few scriptures here quickly. In Luke chapter 24, verses 48 to 49, Jesus said, you are witnesses of these things and behold I'm sending the promise of my father upon you so be stay in the city and be clothed from on high with power in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 we have a repeat of these words it, this is at Jesus's just before he ascended to heaven and he, it's the scripture says he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you've heard about this from me John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter stood up 
when people heard the, the great works of God in their own languages, because again, it was Shavuot, it was the Feast of Pentecost, and they were gathered there for many nations for the feast. And they heard these men speaking in their language the great works of God, and they wondered what was happening. Peter stood up and said to them, this which you now see and hear is that which was promised by the Father. What did they see and hear? They heard the mighty works of God coming out of the mouths of men who had just received the fullness and the baptism, the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what they heard. That's what they saw. They saw men being transformed before their very eyes because a few minutes before that, they were hiding in the upper room. They were hiding. They were waiting. Yes, they were praying. They were giving thanks. They were talking about, well, who's going to replace Judas and so forth. But they were, they were cloistered, sheltered in place, isolated. And the power of the Holy Spirit brought them out of that room into the streets, boldly standing together for the name of Jesus Christ. And so Peter said, this is what this is what was promised. This which you see and hear. A speaking in other languages, the wonderful works of God. And, and he said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ, turn from sin. If you need to come back to Jesus Christ, repent. Turn from that which hinders you. Anything, he will forgive. He's gracious. He already knows about it. Confess your sins to him and he will forgive and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Peter said this to them, and, and, and he said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because the promise, again, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. That's us. We're, we were far off. We're 2,000 years almost down the road. For all who call upon the Lord will be saved. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. The Holy Spirit is speaking to people all over the world in these tumultuous times. What are you going to depend on? What are you going to rely upon? Who's going to be the answer for you? And God says, let me, let me become the source of your life. Let me become the source of your love. Let me become the source of your forgiveness. Let me become the source of your purpose in life. One more story from Acts. In Acts chapter 10. You know from this story that Peter was receiving a dream three times in a row and just as he woke up the last time at the door was the fulfillment of the dream. A messenger had come from the, a Gentile's home, Cornelius' home, looking for Peter to come and bring the good news to them. Now, I don't know if you've had a dream where you felt God was stirring in you an openness to be open to some people that you have not been open to 
Perhaps there's been some, some racial, racial or religious or other prejudice or bigotry. Well, that's what was going on in Peter. Remember the hatred that was between um, Jews and Samaritans, for example. But the Holy Spirit was breaking down those barriers and uniting people as one in him. Now, Peter came, came down and he said, oh, okay, well, I've had this dream. I, best, I guess I better go with you. And reluctantly comes into the house and begins to tell them about Jesus. How that in Acts chapter 10, he begins to tell them that God had anointed Jesus, who was both Messiah, Lord, and King. By the way, the word anoint in, in Hebrew, Jesus' name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Anointed One. Yeshua HaMashiach, the Anointed One, the Savior who is anointed. Jesus is the Anointed with the Holy Spirit and power without measure. And... <laughs> In 1 John chapter 2, it says, the anointing that you have received. See, God wants to smear you. That's what the word anoint really means. He just wants to smear you, just slather you and me, overflow from our, our bellies and to flow out from us. His love and his gifts, his virtues, his fruit. So, so um, uh, he's, he's, Peter was explaining to them that the the Jesus was anointed by God, it's in Acts chapter 10, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And as he was talking to them, the Holy Spirit fell on these Gentiles, and they began to speak in other tongues. Well, Peter was not expecting that. Remember, thousands of years of prejudice and, and division were being overcome in a moment. In, in the result of a dream and the work of the Holy Spirit and the miracle that Peter saw, he's thinking, oh, wow, they are experiencing the same thing that we experienced on the day of Pentecost. They're speaking in tongues. And, well, let's get them baptized. <laughs> this isn't the order that I expected it to happen. But obviously, God isn't necessarily confined by the order in which I think he ought to do things. Reconciliation was going on right there in Cornelius' house between two very different ethnic groups. God, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, O oh Father, bringing reconciliation. O oh God, pour out, Lord, the, the grace of God and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we pray and we ask. And so we have these examples through the book of Acts of the power of the Holy Spirit and you've probably heard this before but the book of Acts stops rather abruptly and it reads kind of unfinished on purpose the Acts of the Holy Spirit did not stop with the last chapter of Acts Amen. the Holy Spirit has been very active for these last almost 2,000 years manifesting the name of Jesus, confirming the name of Jesus and the gospel of his life and death and resurrection and ascension. By the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the church was born, the church was filled, the church began its mission, the church has gone throughout all the world. Imperfectly have we done our job. 
Imperfectly have we represented him in many cases. In many ways, we are divided and um, riddled with sin, unbelief. We could name things specifically, but I don't have to. Many of you have experienced that yourself. And as one church father said, I am a partaker of and a contributor to the sinful condition of the world. I am. It's like the old gospel song, not, and uh, you have to help me with the words. You know I have trouble with words. Not my brother, not my sister, not my... But it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my, not my neighbor, not my sister, not my brother, not the person over there, not the per can I say not the person who's different than me, not the person that I've believed bad things or perhaps even experienced bad things from, not, that, not, not them. I'm the one who needs prayer. I'm the one standing in the need of prayer. I need to change. Be the change. How? Only by the grace of God. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. If we could have done this on our own, we would have done it a long time ago. If we could have fixed everything that's a problem, we would have done it. Somebody would have come up with an app on their phone to fix things. Somebody would have come up with a shot, you know, to just fix people. Somebody would have come up with a, 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 a psychological um, exercise. Somebody would have, would have come up with the answers. You know why we haven't? It's because we've relied on ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And the church, can I say... Would you allow me to say this? The church has relied on all the other kinds of things imaginable, minus the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. What's the most unruly member in your body? The hardest thing to control? Your mouth. Isn't it interesting? That the evidence of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was people in their mouths speaking the wonderful works of God. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I'll take that which you've used for cursing and I will use it for blessing. I'll take that which you've used for gossip and use it for praying in, in a perfect prayer for someone else in need without you even understanding that you're doing it, so you can't mess it up. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I'm re he reverses the Tower of Babel and disunity, and he unites us in one spirit, one faith, one hope, one Lord, one God and Father of us all. He has made us all to drink of one spirit. This is the answer. Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. But I have to be willing to yield myself. I have to be willing. I asked you at the beginning, would you, would you be like, like the little boy who hold, held the bowl out in, the music, in, in Charles Dickens' tale and say, please, sir, I, will, I want some more. Can I have some more? Would you? And, and Jesus' promise, if you being evil will give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? Father, you are so good. You give the best. You don't give just a little bit. You give without measure the Holy Spirit to Jesus. 
And you want to give more of your Holy Spirit so that the earth will be filled with your glory, so that people will be reconciled and united in your love. Father, forgive us for all the barriers and hindrances we've allowed to be put up. Forgive us, O oh God, for the way we've divided ourselves, thought evil, repeated gossip, believed the worst, O oh Lord, and been indifferent and been silent and been uninvolved. Lord, and people go to hell and people experience hell. People experience, Lord, that which you never created them for. For you created all to be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. All who call upon you will be saved. I trust you can hear both the call to repentance and a call to admit our need. A call to say, I'm tired of living on my own. I'm tired of living with just my understanding, with just what I can do with God's word. I need the Holy Spirit. I need more. And, and, and if you want to use me, did you ever say to God when you were little, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll speak what you want me to speak. I'll be whom you want me to be. Have you ever talked to God like that? Have you ever said those dangerous prayers? I'll bet if, I'll bet if you, I asked you to raise your hand, nearly everybody in here has made some kind of radical commitment of surrender to Jesus Christ. Then surrender your body again to him today. Surrender your mind again in a fresh and anew. Surrender your hands and your feet and your mouth, your tongue. Let him pray through you. Let him worship through you. Let him speak through you. Let him forgive through you. Let him be the power in you. Let him be the source of you, let him be the response in you. Oh God. They waited. They prayed. They waited. And he came. He filled. He manifested. He began. And he continues to do. And he wants to do through you. He wants to do through me. I pray that somehow something from the word and and the exhortation today, you receive faith to receive more of God, not to, not to be drawn back. Well, I've asked for the Holy Spirit before. I've asked forgiveness before. Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. I, I, I've been through this, and, and nothing seems to change. In the, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break that lie off of you. I break the power of that spirit of unbelief and say it's not about what you have experienced or have not experienced. It's about you having faith to believe that God is a good God and he wants to give more of himself to you because he loves you. He gave his son to redeem you. He sought you. He has had people praying for you. He has come to you in the night. He has protected you in, in, against um, dangers unseen that you don't even know about. He's, he's healed you. He's brought you his word. And today he wants to give more of himself to you if you will but open and be hungry and receive, acknowledging your need. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick.com 
at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.